Reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, the beginning verses. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory, Glory to God, God in the highest, and, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. We just sang it, the first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay keeping their sheep, and you know what comes out, on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Uh, you know what that's like a little bit. It's uh, so, a little bit cold outside today in the last few days, and, and I don't know about you, but I think we've probably got the shepherd's beat on that night. Uh, it's probably a little colder here, but what we have that they don't is we've got a warm church building and warm homes and, and cars and, and all these things that will keep us warm. Uh, the shepherds, we are told in the account in Luke, were out in the field that night, and so they had nothing really to keep them warm other than the fire that lay before them. So I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be at uh, this evening. If you don't have a Bible with you, it's on page 857 in the Bible in front of you in the pew. And if you don't have a Bible to call your own, we'd love for you to have that one as a gift 
from us. And so uh, I, want you to, I want you to put yourself in the same situation the shepherds that night uh, outside Bethlehem, in the fields outside Bethlehem, all those years ago. And it's already a little easier for us to picture ourselves there because, okay, we've got the, the cold part down a little bit. We, we can understand that. So picture yourself kind of in that field with the shepherds and you wrap a blanket around you trying to keep you warm. And there's a little fire going, and, and so you, you got the fire there, and that fire provides the faint glimmer of light on an otherwise dark evening. Now, far away, you can see in Bethlehem some of the twinkling lights of the city, and then uh, even further away, you can look up in the sky and see the twinkling lights of the stars. But outside of that, it's a totally dark night. It's a very cold night, and it's a quiet night outside of the bleeding of sheep. There probably were not giraffes there, as we looked at earlier, but there were sheep, the shepherds with their sheep. And so you think about it, it's a quiet night, a dark night, a cold night, and a lonely night, just like every other one for them. Until suddenly, on this night, something different happened. Because on this night, all of a sudden, the sky was filled with an angel, and the glory shone forth, and there's this bright light and this loud declaration from heaven, and everything changed. Now, you might know what it's like when you're sitting there and it's in a dark room and all of a sudden someone right next to you all of a sudden they turn on the flashlight on their phone real rapidly and you're like, okay, I'm blinded now, right? Or you know what it's like when you get into the car and you forgot to turn the volume down before you got out of the car previously and so the volume just kind of blasts at you. So you, you know what that's like to be caught off guard by light and by noise and that's what happened to the shepherds this evening. They're caught off guard by this bright light shining forth from heaven surrounding the angel and this loud voice from heaven announcing this news. And what happens is we are told the shepherds were terrified. We see this in verse eight. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. So upon seeing the angel, the response of the shepherds is they are terrified. Now, we don't really think of angels this way. We think of angels much like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, who is a, who is a nice old man, a little bit awkward, maybe a little bit in over his head, and he will try to help us but not hurt us. Or maybe you think of an angel like uh, the child in the Christmas play uh, who kind of gets the white gown on and a halo over her head, and you say, oh, isn't she so cute? And you say, oh, that's what angels are like. Or you think of the angel at the top of your Christmas tree, always there, but it will never interfere with your life. That's the way we think about angels. But the shepherds were terrified of them. The way we think of angels, we would typically just want to say, well, they should have just pulled out their phones and said, oh, you're so cute, can I get a picture? But no, they're struck with great fear. They can't do anything about it. Why? Because angels are mighty warriors, messengers sent from God, and when they appear, they are terrifying. So the shepherds are filled with great fear, and yet the message of the angels brings them peace. Look at verse 14 in our text. The angels sing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You want peace? Aren't we all looking for peace? You say, well, just give me a little bit of peace and quiet this Christmas season. We're all looking for some peace, and yet we look around us, and it doesn't seem very peaceful in our lives or in our world. If you were to say, okay, give me a word to sum up the year 2022, you probably would not choose peace as one of them. 
I was recently reading an article in the Gospel Coalition. Every year they, they publish a, a, a top theology stories of the year article. And what they do is they're looking at stories that have influenced and impacted Christians around the globe and, and what are the most significant stories that have impacted Christians. And, and so here's, I'll just give you their top three from this past year. Number one, Russia invades Ukraine in the first major land war in Europe since World War II. Number two, China reverts to authoritarianism on the brink of war with Taiwan. And number three, Iran erupts in revolution. And you say, okay, wait a second. You look around the world these days and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of peace. You bring it back closer to home. You say, you look in your life and there doesn't seem to be much peace. So we might more resonate with the song, I heard the bells on Christmas day when it says, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and it mocks the song of peace on earth and goodwill to men. And so the question for us to consider this evening is, okay, well, the angels say, glory to God and peace on earth with those with whom God is pleased. And so how is this peace possible? And it's because this peace has in mind something bigger than that we just talked about. This has in mind something far bigger than ceasing conflict, even though it does have something to say to that, but it has something far more significant in mind, that is peace with God. Peace with God because there's a much different kind of peace that we're talking about, and we need peace with God. And when we don't have it, we should be filled with great fear just like the shepherds are. And the only thing that can drive out this great fear of the shepherds is this great joy that is announced to them. We see that in verse 10. The message of the angels. The angel said to them, fear not. Why? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The shepherds are filled with great fear and the angels come and say, I bring you news of great joy. The great joy that comes at Christmas can drive out the great fear that comes. And this good news that is declared is found in verse 11. Today, today, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord, born that very night, today, is a child in Bethlehem who is the savior of the world. He's the savior because that's exactly what he came to do. That's the mission for which he came to earth when the angel announced this child's birth to Joseph who was his earthly adoptive father. The angel said, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. The Lord saves and that's what he has come to do. See, our greatest need is a savior because our greatest problem is our sin. Every single one of us has rebelled against the Lord and rebelled against his ways, and so we need rescue. So the Christian scholar Don Carson writes this, if God had perceived that our greatest need was economic, he would have sent an economist. If he had perceived that our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent a comedian or an artist. If God had perceived that our greatest need was political stability, he would have sent us a politician. If he had perceived that our greatest need was health, he would have sent us a doctor. But he perceived that our greatest need involved our sin, our alienation from him, our profound rebellion and our death. And so he sent us a savior. He didn't leave us alone in our rebellion. He sent one to rescue us from it. This child born in the manger is the one who would grow up and be the man who died upon a cross 
to rescue sinners from death and deliver them unto life. Jesus is the Lord of all the universe, yet the one who drew near. Why? To rescue his people, to save them from their sins. He drew near. The angel says it. Says it in verse 12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. He's really here. You can see him. He's cradled in the arms of his mother Mary. He's wrapped in swaddling cloths. He's laid in a manger. He's really here in Bethlehem. Shepherds, come, come and see. You can, you can see him. You can feel him. He, he, he's really here. God, the God of all the universe has come near. Took on flesh to live among us to rescue us from our sins. He's here. One pastor summarized these wonderful truths like this. Christ, who in eternity rested motherless upon the Father's bosom and in time rested fatherless upon a woman's bosom, clasping the ancient of days who had become the infant of days, what deep descent from the heights of glory to the depths of shame, from the wonders of heaven to the wickedness of earth, from exaltation to humiliation, from the throne to the tree, from dignity to debasement, from worship to wrath, from the halls of heaven to the nails of earth, from the coronation to the curse, from the glory place to the gory place. In Bethlehem, humility and glory in their extremes were joined together, born in a stable, cradled in a cattle trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes of poverty, no room for him who made all rooms, no place for him who made and knows all places, Oh, the deep humiliation of the creator, born of the creature woman, but in his descent was the dawn of mercy. Because we cannot ascend to him, he descends to us. That is the good news the angel brings. That because we cannot ascend to God, because we cannot get to God on our own, because of our sin, God descends to us. He comes near, born as a baby in Bethlehem, the savior for sinners, God come to be with man so that man could be one with God forever. Save us from death and sin and to give us life. And this is the good news the angel delivers and this news brings great joy. There is nothing that brings more joy than the declaration of the Savior, Christ Jesus, who has come to rescue us. Now aren't we all searching for joy? Aren't we all looking for joy and happiness somewhere? Okay, kids, maybe you think, the presence underneath the tree is what's gonna give you the joy and happiness that you long for. Parents, maybe you think it's the time together with the family that you get to come together and spend, okay, that's really gonna bring me the joy that I'm searching for. Grandparents, maybe you think, well, I, I just can't wait to, to cradle my grandkid in my arms and sing them a Christmas carol as they go to sleep. And we looked at all these things, and for all of us, we, we seek joy in all the comforts of life. We look for happiness. All of our actions, all of our decisions behind them is a quest for joy that is often hidden but is always hungry. We're always looking for joy. But there's only one place where that joy is found in any lasting sense. There's only one place where that joy is found in any ultimate sense, and that is in the child in the manger, the man upon a cross, the Lord on his throne, Jesus the Christ. The angels bring good news of great joy. The Bible says that in God's presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, I don't want to lie to you and make the Christian life sound like it's all good and easy. Jesus says to expect hardships and trials that come from following after him. And yet deeper than any one of those hardships and any one of those trials is a joy that the world cannot give you and that the world cannot take away from you. Bring you good news of great joy. And the angel doesn't stop there. This is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
It was Israel who was awaiting the Messiah, but it was not just Israel for whom the Messiah came, but for all of us, for all the peoples of the earth, including right now today in Ashland, Ohio. He came for all of us, just as the shepherds, after hearing the message that was declared to them by the angels, could run and see the Christ in the manger. So too is the invitation to you to come and see the Christ by faith, to believe in him. Look to the child in the manger, the Christ on the cross, the Lord on his throne, and you will be saved. You know, every year, my family, uh, we celebrate the official kind of kickoff to Christmas season the day after Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, no Christmas decorations before that point. And then the day after Thanksgiving, hey, we kind of just go full force into the Christmas spirit, uh, spirit and season. And we just kind of all the holiday cheer. And so we head off to go cut down a Christmas tree, right? Um, and so we um, are going to get this tree. We're going to bring it home. We're going to decorate it and, and dress it all up nice and pretty. And it'll be great for the whole holiday season. So this year, we head out to the Christmas tree farm. And uh, we're trying to figure out what kind of tree we want, because apparently Christmas tree is not an actual scientific designation. So there's all sorts of different kind of trees that they call Christmas trees. And so we're like, well, we don't, we don't really know. So we're looking around and we, we see this kind of tree. And we're like, well, this, this tree looks what's wonderful. It's, it's all pretty, but we don't really know. So we ask one of the workers there and we say, well, tell us a little bit about this tree. And they say, oh, that's a, that's a beautiful tree. Um, but it will lose all of its needles very, very quickly and you have to give it a lot of water. Um, so suffice it to say, we didn't choose that tree. Um, and so we got a different tree that, uh, and we, got, we brought it home, we, we dressed it all, all nice and everything because who wants a dead tree for Christmas, right? When the, all the needles are off. But here's the irony of it. Because the moment we cut down our different tree, it was dying because it had been severed from the source of all life. So no matter how much we dressed it up, no matter how much we put decorations on it, tried to make it look all fancy, it's not gonna come back to life. And there's a picture there of what the spiritual life, what our Christian walk really looks like. Because all of us are severed from the source of true life, Jesus Christ. And no matter how much we try to dress up our lives and decorate and, and make ourselves look presentable and do all the right things and be a better person and be a nice person, no matter how much we try to do all of these things, it cannot make us actually live because we are severed from the source of life. And so the only way to live is to be reconnected to the one who made all things and who sustains all things, and it is God himself. And the good news of Christmas is that he has drawn near to make us one with him again. That in the good, in the good news, the, the, the great joy that Jesus Christ brings, we can be one with God through faith in him. And so I ask you, this, this news is available to all of us. There's no one who does not need it and there's no one who's excluded from the offer. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. There's no one who's excluded from this. And so I ask you this evening, do you know this Christ, this Jesus, the Savior, this Messiah who has come to rescue his people? Do you believe in him by faith, turning from your sins and embracing him as Lord and Savior? When you do, there is the peace that the angels promised. Look once more at verse 14. It's been one angel so far kind of declaring these things to the shepherds, but now the whole sky is filled with them and they are bursting forth in praise for their maker, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Real, genuine, actual peace. Peace with God for all of whom he is pleased. You say, so how, how, how can God be pleased with me? Well, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how is God pleased with us? It is when we come to him by faith. Embrace his son, Jesus, by faith. 
This is true peace that is possible. The reason the angels could deliver this message of peace is because not far away in Bethlehem, the prince of peace lie in a manger. That though not everything is right with the world, not yet, you can be right with God because of Christ. This is the Christ who deserves all glory. And so friends, let us honor him in our hearts and all that we say and do this Christmas as we remember the good news of great joy that has brought us peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus for us. I ask, Lord, that, that as we consider these things, these things that are so familiar to us and that we've heard before, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see Christ as he really is. May we see his glory. May we see the, the, the joy that comes with him. May we embrace him as Lord and Savior of our lives. And may you give us the joy and peace that our hearts long for, only found in Christ. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We ask all of this in the beautiful name of your son, Jesus. Amen.